In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sins. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your punishment, now and forever. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The sorrows of death compassed me. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. In my distress I called upon the Lord, and he heard my voice out of his temple. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The sorrows of death compassed me, the sorrows of hell compassed me about. In my distress I called upon the Lord, and he heard my voice out of his temple. O Lord, we beseech thee favorably to hear the prayers of thy people, that we who are justly punished for our offenses may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness. For the glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end.
The Old Testament reading for Septuagesima Sunday is from the first chapter of Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the ninth and tenth chapters of 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, And that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. A refuge in times of trouble, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them For the needy shall not always be forgotten, the expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Out of the depths shall I cry unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers 
for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So, when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages beginning with the last to the first. And when those who came, who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as I as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own good things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, Begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended to heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The vineyard is none other than the church of God. It is the kingdom of God as it is right here on earth. And like in many other parables, we find that not everyone who is hanging around in the church is actually a believer. There was the man at the wedding banquet, who refused to wear the wedding garment, though he desired to attend the wedding feast, he was eventually thrown out because he refused to believe in Jesus. He refused to wear the wedding garment. The story of the ten virgins. There were five virgins who hung around with the church but were unprepared to enter. They did not have faith in Jesus. They did not have oil in their lamps. So when we get to this parable, yep, again, we find the first group of laborers that were hired were not believers. Like the rest of the workers, oh yes, they went to work into the vineyard, but that doesn't mean that they were saved. Not everyone who works in the vineyard or for the benefit of God's church 
does things is actually a believer. This first group of workers are eventually told to take their pay and leave. That is, they were sent to hell. Now, considering that we are gathered here in church, and, well, we desire to be God's children, and we desire to receive eternal life when we die, we, we ought to pay attention to this parable so that we reach our goal. As Paul said, you don't want to run in a way in which you don't, well, reach the goal, don't receive the prize. You wouldn't want to spend hours in Christ's church only to be sent away because you were lacking. This parable teaches us to examine ourselves for faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. It teaches us the correct way to view the good works of believers in Christ's church. You see, we make a distinction between faith in Jesus Christ and the good works which believers do. It is faith alone and not good works which saves. Nevertheless, where God has created a believer who trusts in Jesus Christ, it will immediately follow that they will do good works. There are not somehow two kinds of, well, believers, one that does good works and one that doesn't. No, not at all. Faith always produces good works. Those good works are things that are done out of thankfulness for God's free gift of salvation. So when I say that we don't trust in our good works, what I mean is we don't trust that they will secure for us eternal life. Good works will never be the payment price for being received into God's blessings. You see, those who were hired first were trusting in their day's wage, their day's work, to get them a day's wage, which was a denarius. And so they haggled with the owner and they agreed to work if they would be assured to pay, to be paid a denarius a day. I would liken the works righteous attitude of those first labors maybe to getting a prenuptial agreement in a marriage. In other words, you don't trust the person that you're marrying, so you work out a contract ahead of time. And maybe instead of just including in the contract who gets what in the event of divorce, maybe you would include in that contract a list. A list of what each partner is required to do in the marriage. Yeah. You're required to maintain the house. I will handle the finances. You cook the meals. I'll clean up the meals. And so like the one hired first, it would appear that you're only entering the marriage for what you could get out of it. Those entering the vineyard only want their denarius. Similarly, I guess we could describe being a Christian as entering into a marriage in which the church is the bride and Christ is the bridegroom. On the one hand, Christ, in his marriage, imparts to us the great benefits the great benefits of forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. These benefits are grand, and they are without cost. 
It all comes from being married to Christ. And who wouldn't want that kind of gift? And yet, once you enter into a marriage, well, then the hard work begins, right? When you enter into a relationship, too, with Jesus Christ through faith, yes, what follows is hard work. Before we were saved, no, we didn't attend church. But now we do. Before we were married to Christ, we only looked out for number one. Now we look to love our neighbor as ourselves. Before we became a Christian, similarly, uh, everything belonged to us. But now we give an offering to support the work of preaching and teaching this new marriage relationship. Prior to faith, we didn't need to, well, teach our children and pray with them. But now we have much more to do. Those who were hired later in the day, we find out that they were thankful. Oh, they were thankful that they were called into God's vineyard. And they did their work. Why? Because of thankfulness. They didn't try to force the owner to pay them for their work. Even if they had given them, even if he had given them nothing, they would have already had eternal life. They were thankful to be called into the church, into the vineyard. The owner had given them his word. Not only would he give them salvation free of charge, he promised to pay them for whatever work they did for him. They gladly bore their cross and strived to do good works. In the end, each one, well, could hardly say, because they, they'd been given temporal things, of course, and then they'd received even more. Some worked an hour and got a whole day's wage. They had been paid more than they deserved. And so for good reason, they trusted in the one who had forgiven them their sins and would work with them. As for those first laborers, we see a great difference. No, I don't know what they had put in that contract. Maybe those who sought this contract, maybe they were pastors who wanted to receive a salary. Maybe they were husbands wanting, well, to please their wife. Maybe there were people who just wanted a good reputation. I'll go into your vineyard if, if people will speak well of me. Maybe they wanted social contacts. Maybe they just wanted well-behaved children. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll drop them off at Sunday school, sure. Whatever they bargained for, the Lord says they surely got it. No one will ever say that God didn't pay them for their work. Whatever was in the contract... He provided. But even in the end, they were not thankful. They grumbled against God. They grumbled against Him. So, as we examine ourselves, we also look at well, those around us. And we see that outwardly, we're not able to tell the difference between a hypocrite and a true believer. This parable illustrates the great difference but we can't see it with our eyes. We do know the outcome, though. Those who were hired first, well, will go into the vineyard, but they will not stay until they have an agreement with the owner for Daenerys and they'll get their wages and they'll be sent away. They get worldly benefits, but they're not saved. But the others who are called into the vineyard, they trust in Christ. 
they receive not only that free gift of eternal salvation, which comes because of Christ, but they know that whatever work they are to do, that the Lord will provide, and so graciously he will give them more than they deserve. So when we examine ourselves, we look and see, do we believe in Christ? Are we trusting in him rather than a a contract with him and trusting in him? We go about our work in the vineyard out of thankfulness. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. gracious invitation, we who produce nothing of value by ourselves have been called to work in your vineyard. And so give us the will to do your will and the strength to accomplish it. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, give our people, those who are baptized into Christ, those who regularly receive his body and blood, give them a new spirit that they will not receive the Lord's word and sacraments in vain but that they will daily die to sin and rise to new life. Keep safe our Bishop James, our pastors Michael and Gary, so that having preached to others, they will not be disqualified for the prize of eternal life through unrepentance. Bless the work of St. Bartholomew, Evangelical Lutheran Mission in Fort Myers, and Pastor Jerry Dulos. Send your Holy Spirit upon our Director Keeley, our teachers and staff, so that the children believe your word. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, O Lord, you created and now preserve and govern the whole universe. To the leaders of our nation, give hearts that love peace and work toward the common good. To our President Joe, our Governor, to J.B., to our President Joe, our Governor J.B., our Mayor Steve, to federal and state legislators, to county commissioners, city officials, and all our judges. Give wisdom and willingness to be fair, just, and caring. For our military personnel, especially Danny, Jason, and Blake, as well as our police officers, especially Alex and Daniel, we ask even of those who attend to us in times of emergency and all public servants, give them all a commitment to duty, and in times of danger, keep them safe. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have O God, your compassions never fail. Give healing to the sick, relief to the suffering, peace to the sorrowful, mercy to every soul that is distressed, that they may find in you the help that only you can give them. For our Shadden, Carolyn, our elderly Violet and Tom, for those of various needs, for Kevin and Stan, Jack, Levi, Victor and Marcia, Anita, uh, for Paul, 
for Larry and his wife, Deb. Be with our students, with Sarah and Sadie, Jonathan, Kara, Alexis, Cameron, and Benjamin and Jacob. Let us pray to the Lord. O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Lord of heaven and earth, we praise and thank you for having had mercy on those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. O God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled to serve you constantly. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.